Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. start up the marathon tonight i want to welcome everybody here wherever you may be tuning in from this evening in america and this morning in australia and indonesia we're going to start it up with my good friend minister peter whiffen he's coming to you from gold coast of australia peter how's it going over the gold coast this morning well it's pretty good it's a bit of a cloudy day but it's uh the weekend it's saturday here um i understand it's friday in the u.s but uh, we're a day in front. So um, uh, if anyone wants the lotto numbers, we can look it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> we could prophesy like that. We're a day in front. Man, man, we could get a big ministry going. Wow. <laughs> How are you? I'm uh, doing you're, you're in our side. You're in our time I sure zone, am. aren't you? I, uh, I'm up far <laughs> behind. I'm actually, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm minus three. So it's... Um, Seven thirteen. Two hours. Excuse me. That's minus three. Minus two. Excuse me. It's eight thirteen here in the morning. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh It's ten thirteen here. So. Um, hmm. Pretty cool. It's it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So um, how's everyone? I'm doing everyone good this good? morning. Got a little bit of uh, yeah. cappuccino mix here. You know, one of these little packets that you put in the cup, add hot water mm-hmm. and stir it. Instant coffee. Instant cappuccino. Yeah. That seems to be how most people drink their coffee over here. I didn't see that much in America. You know, mostly, you know, mm-hmm. you make it. But um, this sure is a lot easier. But um, mm-hmm. praise the Lord, I'm ready to go. And uh, everybody, welcome to the show tonight. Peter, would you like to open up your program in prayer? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, let's open it up. Dear Father God, we love you and praise you. You know, the reason we're... We're here, which we don't need to say, you already know, but, you know, we just want to say the reason we're here is for you because um, we know you love us, you made us, and we want to acknowledge and thank you back. So uh, 
Today, we want to open up in prayer that it be appointed for everyone to know what they need to know and that um, that we receive a love of the truth and uh, encourage and lift up and build up one another. We pray that you come and be with us today. Um, we know you're with us always, but uh, we just invite you, say we invite you um, to come and be with us, especially for the ones that are, uh, well, all of us, we're all important, but especially for the ones that uh, that need some breakers, that, that need some uh, peace in their life and uh, to... Uh, uh, Receive the blessing of the kingdom that's, uh, that's promised to us. So, amen and thank you. I say amen to that. Amen. And again, welcome everybody to the broadcast. And Brother Peter, we're excited to have you yeah. on because you have a lot to teach. God's given you a lot of revelation as you studied the word. And mm -hmm. um, what's the Lord put on your heart tonight? The mic is yours. Take it away. All right. Well, um, you know, we could have a little bit of backwards and forwards. Um, I'm thinking that, um, you know, I wonder why, you know, I'm just praying about it. And I'm just thinking uh, we could field a bit later some questions. People have got questions, specifically what they Great. would like to ask. That might that might be helpful. Let's go ahead and, and give uh, that number out. Okay. We'll give a number out now. So later we'll take some calls. Uh, if you'd like to yeah. dial in, you can dial in at 319 527-6080-319-527-6080. Absolutely. Yeah. If you've got a question you'd like to ask, we'll get get you on the phone line and uh, we'll take a shot at it. Brother Peter, back to you. Yeah, yeah that, I, I just thought, you know, how can we, you know, what can we do? How can we help? And um, uh, I wanted to, uh, <laughs> I was thinking it might be a bit interesting um just a little bit of uh, background about me. People can think of the questions they might want to ask, and I can do a little bit of uh, show how um, show how I I do things or, or what I've discovered, uh, the way that I read the Bible, um, and um, and uh, how to uh, how to find out stuff. But um, I, I can go back all the way over to the Fijian Islands, um, uh, Bula Vanaka, to all the Fijian people. But um, I was over there uh, as a uh, in 1990, Shannon. You may have heard me said before, and um, uh, I wasn't a, I wasn't what you'd say. <laughs> I was just a, a guy in the world, business guy. I was uh, doing logging and sawmilling because we just sold a business, and friend was living there and invited us over there, and we could get mahogany, beautiful mahogany timber, you know, for. $60 a cubic meter, which is a lot of timber. And um, well, I was selling it for 550 on the wharf after sawmilling it. And wow. uh, I had open orders. So I was over there and um, I, I hadn't um, I hadn't actually had an upbringing in a Christian family. <laughs> and um, so this is a little bit about what happened to me. And it, it might encourage everyone. Uh, it's how I was given the faith uh, to... Uh, to cast out devils these days, uh, uh, given the faith to uh, love God and love the world, uh, the word I mean, and the world I suppose we're in. It's a beautiful world if you look at it. Um, it's not being off the world. Um, we can be in the world and still appreciate the world. Um, i got a saying there that um, uh, it's the same world when you look up. 
you know, you, you see the same moon, stars, clouds, sun, and, you know, when we look up, God is there too. So um, uh, one lady, you know, sort of one lady I met, I met the sun on the airplane and she was kind enough to, like, think of me, pray for me and hand me a Bible. And, um, you know, I, I, I got this Bible and I thought to myself, um, I've never read that. So I started reading it. And that's where I began my love for the Bible. <laughs> she had a, I started reading in Genesis at, at the front of the book, like any book. And I couldn't put it down. So for three days, three days and three nights, I think I read that Bible because I was on my own. And um, then I ended up going down to the church meeting. They said God was out the front. And, and I thought, well, I hope so. I really hope God's out the front. So I went out the front and um, short short story of it, uh, the, the guy laid hands on me and I, I sort of lit up and um, found myself with a with liquid love. Um, I haven't heard it described much, but some, some people have related to that with their experience. And um, I don't know what happened to me. I, I, I didn't know what this uh, – uh, I never felt like that before. And um, – I was talking to someone and they said the name of Jesus in vain and, and uh, it went through me like a shock, right through my whole body and something had changed inside me. But anyway, that's when, um, that was in 1990 and um, I, I was actually a two-pack-a-day smoker and um, I started getting these thoughts, you, you can be the only smoking Christian. Um, I'm a bad habit. I'll go away, and and I realised um, it was like excuses, and they and why was I making excuses? No one had ever mentioned smoking to me yet, and um, so I was pretty uh, just like a little kid. I, I sort of like asked the lady, you know, I think I'm getting excuses about smoking, and it's a bit strange. And she said, "I'll pray for you, and you'll never smoke again." And uh, I said, "Yeah." You don't know, I'm smoking two packs a day. I tried to give it up, and I gave it up for a whole year and then went back to it worse. And um, she said, no, we'll pray. I, I said, okay. Now, I still had the cigarettes in my top pocket. I hadn't even renounced smoking, and um, I just said you could pray. So when they started to pray, I manifested. You know, my mouth started going. I wanted to swear, and they're just speaking in tongues and jumping up and down. The youth pastor was there. And then um, I believe God opened my eyes. Uh, the whole room went to glass and um, <clears throat> they're pointing at a lump, like saying there's a lump in my chest and come up. And I coughed and um, out come like an orb <clears throat> with all spikes on it and uh, hung in front of my face for a second and then, bush took off. And all of a sudden I could feel my body uh, crying. It was upset, and I'm thinking, hey, that's not me. I'm not upset, but my actual body's upset. So, so at that point, I realised that we've got um, we've got an amazing body we've been given, and it's um, uh, it's got its own sort of life. It runs in automatic, or it's 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 more than I realised it was. So uh, out came this uh, spirit, and and I knew. I didn't know anything. I'd only had, you know, been around this for a week, two weeks. And um, uh, I knew in my soul, in my heart, that 
I was free of smoking. There was a level playing field back. So I did want to give up smoking, but I couldn't before. So I got the cigarettes and threw them in the bin on the way out. Well, I've never been addicted since. And um, I have smoked since. I, I did uh, <clears throat> I did start smoking a little bit and, and God got in my ear and said, you know, get rid of them lest you'll be stuck with them forever. And I, <laughs> I threw about again. But uh, I never had the addiction. And um, so that's where I'm, I learned... Uh, for me, that's where I got a belief in the power of deliverance, uh, Shannon. Wow. Hmm. What, a te- what a testimony. We're live with Peter Whiffin. This is good, my brother. Tell the whole story. Keep going. Okay. So so, so um, what I found is, is that, the, <clears throat> that the spirit had access to my mind. It, it's a bit like, um, you know, you've got a computer and you, you boot it up with software um, the, the hardware is not going to work or be alive, so to speak, without software going in it. And it's booted up with Windows and other programs and fine. And uh, the computer actually can run Word, Excel, you know, uh, Internet when, uh, and other, other programs. So uh, games and all this sort of stuff. So it depends on what program is running on the machine Yet, yet the machine has a central operating system, and and I'm I'm thinking that the that our body, you know, I'm, I should no, I shouldn't say the word flesh. Oh, I said it. Our body um, has a central operating system, I think, and and that's our automotive system that's running in the background, like makes our heartbeat, gets our eyes to blink, makes us sweat, um, holds it, yeah, hold our temperature pumps our blood around um, and all the glands and all the little mini systems <clears throat> in our in our body that that actually um, our balance and um, and all the automated systems so so that's the um, similar to the central operating system you know on a motherboard on a computer and that's like like fixed that's there and and then you've got the um, the other programs which are like you've got to turn them on turn them off so, so what I'm finding is, is that, um, uh, like I'm believing, uh, is, is that um, the spirit, the spirit is our operating system. Because if we think about it, you know, Adam was dead on the ground, just made out of uh, mud, you know, the, says God, as we know, made him from mud. He wasn't walking around until he got booted up. God breathed in him. And virtually, like, that's if you're a computer manufacturer, you know, you've got your computer, it's dead, black screen, and then they install the software. So um, the spirit, you uh, know, in, in, in us came in and Adam ran up, jumped up and ran around. So um, we all know computers can get a virus. So a spirit that's not meant to be in us, because we were made to hold us, a spirit, the software, the life force can come in us and be a virus. Like you, you can be a very good IBM or whatever brand, you know, what's it, Apple computer and made the same as all the other computers, but uh, have the unfortunate thing of picking up a virus. Yeah. Was there anything wrong with the computer, the hardware? No. 
in that case. You know, there can be, but no. So um, spirit was shown to me as a life force. So, um, and it came out and then it leveled the playing field. You know, I could smoke or not smoke, but I now I had a choice because my computer or my body, my flesh was was not running the virus anymore, which the virus was tormenting me to smoke. But um, the interesting thing was I, I really perceived that my body loved this thing. <laughs> it's like be used to living with it. And a bit like my body's addicted to the um, to the spirit, a bit, a bit like, you know, we don't die that easy. You know, we, we're made to hold our soul in or our spirit in. And it doesn't leave that easy. Uh, we have to get, near, you know, our, our real big hardware malfunction, really, for it to leave. So um, uh, I found that, that the gospel to me right away, you know, all these years ago was leveling the playing field to give me a choice. And, and then I read, read things like uh, later on, you know, I... I start studying the Bible because of what happened to me, uh, trying to find out what happened. So anyway, these, uh, this software runs in the mind, and we can read in the scripture that the mind, uh, it's the spirit of the mind. So, so if we look at our brain like the, like the hardware and the spirit being the software running in the, in the brain, and this is... Uh, uh, explains like uh, emotions going wild when the, uh, a virus starts taking over the, uh, the hardware. So um, that's how I looked at it. So that, that's like part one. It was, God showed me when I was uh, there that how we operate. And we can be, because we're made to have spirits, we can actually have a virus invade us like a cold or a cough or, or, or a germ and start operating our mind. And that's why people say, I don't know what come over me. So anyway, the demons uh, demons and evil spirits uh, are living entities because spirit is life. Uh, we read later, I learn later that, that God is spirit. So um, if God is spirit and he is the life, then spirits are life. They're a life force. So um, then um, God did an amazing thing and um, uh, I got a testimony of how he showed me how he speaks to us. Now, there may be a confusion of people ask me, how, how does God speak to us? I'd like to hear God. And it um, make, makes perfect sense if, if there's a virus possible to run in the mind how would you tell if it's God in your mind or the virus? How would you have discernment? So I think God in his wisdom has made it that he doesn't even speak in our mind. And uh, he speaks in our heart right here because um, uh, he, he made us. And, and actually, if you look at the word heart, <coughs> in the middle of the word heart is E-A-R. H-E-A-R-T, a head and a tail and a heart, an ear in the middle of the word heart. <laughs> so uh, we find that uh, science has now discovered that the heart has a brain. 
It's got brain cells in it. It's the little brain. And, you know, that's your, we all know we have a gut feeling and I've yet to find anyone who's said that gut feeling's ever wrong. Uh, might that be God if it's never wrong? So um, <clears throat> what happened, uh, Shannon, was a miracle. Uh, and it, and it, it was God showing me discerning. And um, I could share that if that would help. Um, Absolutely. This is a, a really good analogy of uh, the spirit and the soul. This is I'm really enjoying this. Keep going, my brother. That's nice. I hope it's helpful because... Um, uh, um, I, I later come to the belief that everything that happens to us in life and, and really what the meaning of life is, and I could say that after, but um, uh, uh, what happened was we, we went on holidays <laughs> to, uh, uh, to actually it was a, 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 an island, uh, Tabiuni uh, in Fiji, and uh, we were there for just for a week. <clears throat> we stayed at the uh, original house, the Pioneer Cottage uh, on the sea, and um, uh, the lady who witnessed to me came and her husband and um, there was a young boy, Corey, who was uh, with me, uh, stepson, and um, a little daughter, uh, Michelle, who's, uh, who's now 29. <laughs> um, and we were having a nice seaside holiday. And uh, we, we were really avid uh, spear fishermen. Uh, we, we'd go and battle the sharks and, <laughs> and spear fish uh, wow. for a hobby on the weekend. Oh man, we we saw some beautiful uh, reef there in Fiji, and we used to bring these fish back. Uh, coral trout's my favourite. I don't know if you know it. It's got a, a nice white flesh, and um, you barbecue with chili sauce. We we just love that. So um, we all went out and um, uh, on this little uh, boat. And it, there was uh, the local Fijian guide and uh, this little outboard. Uh, aluminium boat, uh, no top on it, just open. And uh, Corey and uh, myself and uh, uh, Robert Whitaker. And um, he was the husband of the lady who gave me the Bible. And um, he was having a battle with his faith at the time. But anyway, he, he, he beautiful guy. I used to go and see him from time to time. He's still here in Brisbane now. And uh, anyway... We, uh, we went diving and uh, it was really like a funny place, eerie place really. It, it had uh, uh, lava flow and uh, no sea life on the bed, not like the reef we were used to. And uh, big caves going right up, uh, sea caves going right up into the mountains. It was a bit of a creepy place. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, we, we dived around. There wasn't many fish, uh, so we couldn't spear any. So we started to, to just trawl along with the fishing rod. And uh, but there was only, we didn't really prepare to go fishing. We went to go diving. So there was only one rod uh, in the boat. And uh, it was a big, like, banana lure, about that big, uh, six inches. Uh, it was a uh, flipping one, you know. No bait. So um, they're fishing away, and um, I'm just enjoying the scenery, just relaxing. And next thing I get, <clears throat> down in my heart, right, not in my head, I get, I get this person speak to me in my heart <laughs> having fun and it wasn't me and uh and i get this message ask them so what sort of fish they want they're gonna say a walu and i didn't really know 
I, I hadn't heard of a walu that much because we were just after the reef fish, and this walu is a is like a it's like a, a predator fish, you know, one of those open water fish. And um, so I go with it, and I, I say to him in a loud voice, "Hey, what's what sort of fish do you just want to catch?" And the, the Fijian guy pricks up his ears straight away and says, "Walu, walu, walu, walu." Oh, okay. And, and I'm going, oh, "All right." Uh, what where'd that come from and then the same voice <laughs> like this is a still small voice not very loud and and more i felt it and heard it at the same time so it's a it's your heart gut feeling and words coming to you at the same time <clears throat> not in my head down in here so i was just playing along. I was relaxing because it's a holiday, so I just went along with it and for the fun. And um, I reckon God's got a set of humour because he was having fun. And um, I'll, I'll show you why I know it was God because uh, I got a photo of what happened. But uh, uh, <coughs> next thing I get, ask them how big they'd like it. They're going to say three foot long. And I'm going, ooh. That's uh, that's a bit, uh, you know, out there. <clears throat> so I cheated. I, I go, you want a three-foot-long one? <laughs> and they go, yeah. So then I then I go to Robert Whittaker because um, I'd read some book uh, about when two or more agree and I had some little knowledge. So I go, um, Robert, you've got to agree with me and um, we'll catch this fish. And uh, so in the middle of the boat, I stand up. I grab his hand and say, in Jesus' name, one walu, three foot long. Give me the fishing rod. <laughs> so uh, we uh, uh, toured along and 20 minutes later, you guess what happened? <laughs> You'd have to guess. But, uh, you got a walu? That fish, I got one. That wow. fish came in. Wow. Hooked by the tail. It didn't bite the lure. Wow. It had fing it had like sort of soft fingerprints on it and the and the it was tied like on the back. And it it was hard to bring in because it was coming in backwards. And uh, <clears throat> uh, we made a mark. Uh, I'm, I get it in the boat and like I'm getting pretty excited now. Wow, 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 look at this. And <clears throat> uh, now we've got to measure it. There, there's no tape in the boat. It's just our wooden, you know, the old-fashioned wooden rubber band spear guns. So um, I, I'm worried it's going to jump out of the boat or we'll lose it. So I um, I put it against the spear gun and make a notch with the diver's knife in the spear gun, how big it was, and um, get pretty excited. So, so we came in and um, there was no tape. Uh, only somebody had a seam mistress tape they used for clothes. And uh, they're exactly like three foot long. And so um, we lay the fish down and measure it, and um, it measured to the mark, <laughs> like he'd cut a bit of lumber, three foot long. How about that? Amazing. And there, I don't know if people can see, is the photo of it. There's, there's my little one. I do not have your video. There. Your video turned on. Do you want to go video? 
Yeah, yeah. You can turn okay. it on. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to drop you, and I'm going to call you back and just hit answer with video. Give me two okay. minutes and hold your thought right there. Don't lose your place. Okay. Okay. I think we're going to be okay now. Give me just a moment. I'm, I'm sorry about the uh, the delay here. Now, ask them how big they want it. They're going to say three foot long. And um, I'm sort of thinking, oh, a little bit of fears in me. I, th I cheated. I said, do you want a three foot long one? <laughs> and uh, they go, yeah. You know, and uh, those, those Fijian guys are unbelievable. They, they're just so excited about the moment. But anyway, um, there was a guy in the boat, Robert. Uh, he was the husband of the lady that had given me the Bible and cast a demon out of me. And um, he, he was having a bit of a challenge with his faith at the time, and, and I just made him pray. I, I said, Robert, um, let's pray, um, and we'll catch this fish. You, you've got to be the agreeing prayer partner, because I'd read a book about it. Someone said you have to have two or more. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me, we prayed out loud, in Jesus' name, one walu, and um, give me the fishing rod. <coughs> so they give me the one fishing rod we had. We had a lure about this long, and um, it came in, hooked by the tail. <laughs> the, the the fishing line was round around the back, and and the lure was just hooked into the and um, it sort of had like some fingerprints on the fish too, like lightly, uh, and. Um, I'm jumping them down. We make a mark on the spear gun because I'm worried that the fish might jump out and I'll lose the story because it was pretty big to be able to say, ask them, not even say what type of fish, just ask them. And they gave the answer and then ask them how big and they gave the answer again. So, uh, you know, I don't know the odds of that sort of thing. But anyway, uh, this is the best fish I find out that they all want to catch in fishy. So... Um, this was part of um, God had shown me beforehand in my mind the spirit who was making me smoke was using my mind. It had usurped my software, uh, sorry, my hardware of my mind. It had spoken in my mind. But God is speaking in our hearts, and this is God showing me. So um, I got a photo of it. You want to see it? Yeah, show us. And if you want to see Peter, Look. he's on YouTube right now. Dude, that fish is as big as the child. Yeah, that's the fish. Wow. And that's me, and that's Corey. <clears throat> um, that's where we were uh, on the Fiji Islands, and um, uh, that was the fish. And look at the back of the photo. Yes, it, it happened. Agree? Yes, it happened, and signed by Robert. Wow. <laughs> Robert Whitaker. Wow, who's got a testimony like that? Like, you know, okay, it's just a testimony. But it's like um, this showed me discerning a spirit right from the beginning of, of my um, experience um, being, you know, with, with Jesus. So um, uh, this, this proved to me that, uh, to me, uh, my belief that that was God speaking in my heart and it was a devil speaking in my mind. Um, the devil was concerned with the addiction of smoking, and I saw it come out. And um, this is the fish um, that I caught um, from a word of knowledge. And um, so that from then on, um, I've always had the deep faith 
uh, of um, God speaking uh, in my heart and demons speaking in my mind. So that gave me the the uh, the gift really of discerning of spirit. Because now Peter, uh, you know, does that, yeah. it would be it'd be almost impossible to catch a fish by its tail. It didn't bite the hook. It yeah. would the the uh, the twine was actually wrapped around its tail, and you could yeah. see the handprint. In this case, of an angel, which had grabbed that fish, could be. tied it around the tail, and it comes up as it's trying to get away. Bro, that just doesn't happen. That's supernatural, right there. Yeah, I, I don't know the odds, but uh, but you know why? <clears throat> why did that happen? And I'm thinking, why did that happen? And and you know, it was just God's way of showing me. And I, I use this fake today. Um, still use it. You know, you know when you know something. Yes. And and um, uh, and the experiences of our life, I uh, believe, the experiences of our life are so we know God. Could that could that be that we experience things like this, so that we can know about God, our Creator, who made us, the Father, who loves us. And um, he, he was having a joke in me, like he was laughing, having fun. <laughs> he was having a bit of fun. <clears throat> so, um, I, I see people. Uh, I talk to people, and um, you know, they they want to know uh, who who uh, is it, God, or is it the devil speaking to them? <clears throat> so God has shown me straight away here that He speaks in the heart with my case, and um, the devil spoke in my mind. So if I was looking for God in my mind, it, it could get confused with the devil in there, like the demon in the mind. So um, God has made a place where He can speak clearly. <clears throat> but he's made it so that those are he rewards those that dil diligently seek him by looking for that still small voice could be a way of diligently seeking and listening be still and know that I am God that type of thing so um <clears throat> bear in mind I'm only like a two week old Christian I think or a month not very long um, at this point um, so you heard <clears throat> now you heard underwater. As you were swimming in Fiji, you could, there was like a lava flow. I was in the, the boat. Oh, you were in the boat we, at that we point out, time. Yeah, we, we were out of the water. We tried spear uh, fishing. There was no fish. And um, so we just tried fishing with the fishing line after that. Got it. Now, you mm -hmm. felt in your heart God tell you to ask them what kind of fish? Yeah. What did you hear in your mind? Nothing. Um, uh, well, in my mind, I'm thinking, what is this? And I'm hearing this message in my heart, and my mind's thinking something else. It's going, what, what's going on here? Ah. Somebody's having fun with me. It's ah. like someone had put a mobile phone in my heart. <laughs> there you go. So that showed you right there that um, you, can, you can hear from two different locations, can you? The heart and the mind? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I, this did happen to me again. Um, uh, I did have a, uh, an experience again where I was told something that was that was correct, and I, there was no way known I would have known that. So um, actually, the, the ladies thought I was wrong, and I thought to myself, "Oh, because that was the voice I heard in the boat." And um, then it turned out it was right what I'd said. So. Um, 
this is where um, if we could just uh, think, you know, we, we think about that we're made like a computer or a computer's made like us and um, that the software running in our in our body is our is, is the flesh, uh, the machine. We boot it up with software that runs our heart and our feelings and emotions and uh, or maybe it runs that, I don't know, but it runs our function like our glands and our pumping of our blood and all this sort of stuff. Then we have random software, which is the program. I think that's the emotions, actually. And um, what, what from my Bible studies, I, I sort of think that we've got seven operating systems and um, uh, the clue may be the menorah, you know, seven lights. And um, could we have seven different programs that have been installed into us? Uh, we, when we have a look at it, we, we see Mary Mangalon was delivered as seven spirits and they said that was a big thing. Could it, could it be that all of her operating systems, the whole seven of them, were, had viruses and her condition wasn't very good? And could it be that, you know, some of us only have one of our operating systems or with a virus in it? So we're fine until someone triggers that type of emotion that we just lose it. So uh, remember the, the prophet of old, he, he, he raised a little boy from the dead and the little boy sneezed seven times. So those sort of things, uh, like the Jericho going around the wall seven times, creation's made in seven days, and all these things, I think, point uh, the seven spirits of God, the, the, the seven abominations. So, so could it be uh, in deliverance that we, we help someone, we help someone and, and deliver a spirit out of someone or a group of spirits out of one operating system, one candlestick, and yet there are others in the other operating systems and the people still need more help. This, this could be a reason why people are, um, uh, it takes a while, people get sorted out with deliverance, you know. So so could we have the wrong expectation of, 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 of uh, instant deliverances, you know, in some cases? So uh, if, if a person, I believe now, if, if a person's looking in their mind to, and say, oh, I got a thought, that must be from God. Oh, I got another thought, that must be from God. Maybe, maybe it isn't. And I do read scriptures where it is a still, small voice, and God lives in our heart. So, so uh, could it be a safety, you know, if you get a thought, you know, it could be, God can do anything, to check your check and see quietly if that's being confirmed in your heart. Yet we read other scriptures where the heart's wicked. So uh, we've got to be careful here that it is um, uh, also in line with righteousness, uh, or the scripture gives us what that is. So, um, you know, we could talk about today, you know, what is righteousness? And... Um, uh, I've heard it preached, you know, many of us here have preached that it's the right standing with God. And um, I'm thinking these days more than ever, Nick, that there's a, a tendency to, like, simplify descriptions and just go with one thing and say that's everything about something. But uh, could could righteousness just be the right way? Could, could it be just what's right? 
and um, is it written in our heart, the law of God to know what's right? So, you know, you can, the Pharisees were, were righteous, but they were wrong. Um, you know, they, they didn't remember the story. The guy, uh, he's at this pool like 20 years or something, and, and Jesus comes along and, and uh, says, take up your mat and walk, and and because uh, he said he had no one to help him, and um, the, the, when the Pharisees saw him, they weren't interested in that he'd been there twenty years. I reckon they would have known, and because you know they'd know after that amount of time, and they weren't even happy for the guy. It seems because they said, "Put that map down. You're breaking our rules." Well, is that right? You know, maybe the guy was hungry. Maybe they could be a little bit happy and praise God because the guy was restored. So, so would that be the real righteousness that um, we're happy for someone? And um, who cares about the church rules? Like, like we're just happy. Uh, yeah, we care about the rules, but but we're also happy with humanity. If we take the story of the Good Samaritan, that that. The two people that left him for dead, like like the robbers, what are they? You know, they could be the demons beating up on someone. And um, the the, um, the the Pharisee just goes over the other side of the road. Like, he, he doesn't want to even watch it. And um, he's on about his business, you know. He probably went down there and praised God for his offering, you know, and gave his offering in, in, in front of everyone like they did. Then the other one, the Levite, comes past, and, and he doesn't even bother to stop. Yeah, he's he's too busy on the way to do the blood sacrifice to atone for the sin. But but where's the humanity? Where's the heart? You know, where's the where's the where's love in action? So uh, here we get someone that they despise, the Good Samaritan, and and he pays out of his own money, stops his agenda, stops what he's doing, and says, "How can I help you, brother?" And, and pays for that guy. So it just is saying there, who's, who is righteous, you know? Because isn't it fulfilling the law, treating your neighbour as yourself? Huh? It isn't, isn't that the right, being right? So, uh, you know, um, they, these are the sort of things that... Um, uh, that that unbelief is nice to ask ourselves, and and maybe for some that are having big problems, you know, are we asking ourselves the right questions? You know, um, for instance, uh, Shannon, um, I started reading the Bible because um, I want to find out what happened to me. I want to find out how I caught that fish. What happened? I want to find out why I got free from smoking and what this liquid love was all through me. And there was many other miracles, and um, yeah, but that's uh, that, that's just God giving me a gift, and I believe that that um, He loves us all, so we all we all can um, do exploits. Maybe the Bible says we can all do exploits. So you know, have we have we got the courage to go and do some exploits, have some fun? Um, so if we start asking ourselves the questions, you know, you know, God showed me some interesting things. Um, did you know I had an invention that uh, had a patent, an energy machine? Tell us about that. Like free energy? 
Yeah, free energy. Whoa. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, it's a long, a bit of a story, but um, I'm uh, I'm praying and and I'm asking God. I'm I'm asking Him about the energy, and and actually God's showing me a lot of things and um, things I'd never heard before. For for instance, uh, did you know that um, uh, before the flood, you know there was water all around the atmosphere. Yes. It, it, yeah. Now God showed me. You know what that water did. Tell me. Pretty cool. It was a lens. Imagine looking from inside a bubble. Would everything be magnified? Yeah. Yeah. And you could see the universe like Halley's telescope or Hubble telescope, whatever the name of that. You know, all the beautiful pictures of all the wonderful galaxies, you could see the colour in living colour like so close up wasn't funny. The actual whole story of creation was they would be seen because of this huge lens in the atmosphere. How's that? That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, uh, he, he, he showed me why they lived a, a thousand years and then after the flood, the lifespan dropped. What happened? And uh, what happened? Who knows that? So... These are things that God can show us, like, um, if we just look to him and ask him and, and listen. So uh, anyway, I remember the time of this. I was doing some fasting and praying, and, and I'm just uh, just being like a little kid, asking God about some things. And he showed me that the water that was above, it's like a lens, it was also heavy. So, you know, if you've ever done science, they... You take one square inch of air pressure means an air column going right up to the atmosphere, and it's actually the weight of that air that gives the pressure, right? So um, if you put um, water on top of that air column, you're going to have more air pressure, aren't you? So before the flood, the air pressure of the earth was greater logical and um man never got puffed out because he, he he was getting oxygen pressurized into his cells into his lungs into his whole body and he could run and not be faint he could run up the mountains and down and and have a lot more agility in his body imagine that like being so in a I, I did a bit of research and i like being in, in a uh, yeah, hyperbaric chamber where you heal super fast because of the air pressure, water pressure. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. You know, you know, you know. We can see signs of it. Don't we have plants in a greenhouse? Yeah. Um, doesn't that doesn't that mimic really a water canopy? And um, I did it. I did some research on it, and I found out. You know, three three American scientists. I don't know where the link is, but. They went in a diving chamber for, for three months and um, they, they went down in the chamber and they were under this enormous pressure from the sea for, for three months. And um, that, they were older scientists and uh, they had grey hair. And when they came back up, they didn't have grey hair anymore. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and, and their wives were complaining. They were chasing them around. They were a bit frisky. So they got their youth back. 
Um, wow. So, so they, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so uh, there's been experiments done with fish and animals and plants under pressure, and they actually grow fast and they grow big. Wow. Man, that's amazing. So that that was a, a result of the water camp at canopy, and the, the, yeah. the pressure system was different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe the water up in the atmosphere was the heavy water they were looking for um, to make the bombs. You know, there's there's two types of water. I don't know if anyone knows, but anyway, um, uh, that put pressure on the Earth, and also that showed me why the Earth was like smaller. You know, a weather balloon. You know, when the, when there's more air pressure as it as it's lower, when it's low, it's got more air pressure, so it's small. And as it goes up, it gets bigger, right? Because the air pressure is less. So, um, in this way, this is how the sea went down after the flood. Um, the Earth was small. Um, the the, the uh, one land mass, I think, and then one sea, one land mass. Then after the flood, because the pressure had dropped, the Earth expanded because it's actually a liquid ball of melted rock. So it just expanded. And the country split off, and that's why you get some continents with animals and other continents with not the same animals, because it happened fast. And then when you look at the map, all the countries fit back together again. Right. <laughs> right. Should, eh? Amazing. Now this happened um, as a result of the flood, and the drop yeah. in the uh, the pressure, and the uh, the canopy yeah. was the canopy. Did it dissipate? Is that what happened? The water it came just down. Came down. The water canopy came down and it became the ocean, you know, joined with the ocean, mixed in the ocean. So in this way, the ocean level went down as the earth expanded. Now, um, we can see proof of that. I'm asking God about the energy. And, um, you know, you know, if you know anything about coal, it's made from the um, organic matter, um, old forests or something. So, so you can imagine when the flood, there's a tsunami, right? And it's, it's just ripped all the trees up and they're floating on top of the water. And then um, the earth expands and the water is going to find the lowest spot. And then uh, the logs get caught behind mountains or what they call basins. And then there's all mud in the water. So that mud settles and, and now you've got buried timber, which turns into coal. So um, this is uh, how God showed me how all this happens. Um, so um, this is why um, a lot of the uh, fossil fuels are in the Middle East because um, how did the ark get to the Middle East? And um, it didn't have a motor, it didn't have sails, so it must have gone there on the current. And uh, what would have went with it, I believe, is all the logs and the and the, and the fossil material of the the tsunami plant life. And uh, could that be why all the fossil fuels are there? Man, so, that's, a, um, that's amazing. Um, let me just take you back for a moment. You said there's three types of water. I was watching a documentary. Two. Or there's two. Okay. And what two. are the what are the two types of water? It's heavy water and normal water, and 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 um, 
the uh, the remember the Germans were looking for the heavy water. There was a movie about it somewhere where they blew up this boat that had the heavy water because right. it was going to stop the nuclear um, nuclear research. So the scientists look for it. I remember seeing this documentary where um, they had found that um, there was a particular well a, a a company had found out how to make the heavy water. And they had filled up the barrels, put it in this boat, and the uh, the boat was sunk. And there yeah, was an ex- expedition in the big lake. In the big lake, and they sent uh, some years ago a diving team out there. They recovered the barrels, and they tapped into wow. one of them, and they tested it, and found out it had heavy water in it. And uh, the heavy water was used uh, could be used to make nuclear weapons, right? Yeah. Now, now, what does it do when it's making the nuclear weapons? And and it's interesting. Uh, what I found out was that it that it slows down the molecule fired and allows it uh, to be slow, so they can split it easy and create the chain reaction. Oh wow! So could it? So then I'm thinking, could could this canopy of heavy water? Um, just theory, protect us from the sun's harmful radiations before the flood? Could it do something to this? Yeah, to help us to live longer? (laughs) I want to insert something there. And folks, forgive me if you have sound coming in my back. They're, They're banging on the wall right next door. They don't build a retaining wall between the houses. They just, one house to the next, you have a common wall on both sides. It's crazy. Someone's pounding on it with a hammer right now. Um, I've been interested in herbal supplements for a number of years. And I came across this product Mm -hmm. people were telling me about called cell food. And when I began Mm -hmm. to look at cell food, it's a little tiny, like an eyedropper style bottle. They sell it at most of the vitamin stores in America, Whole Foods, places like that. And um, I looked at the pamphlet, and what it says is this is heavy water. I think it's called deuterium. Oh. And the, the man who um, had discovered this was a peer of Einstein. They knew each other, and mm. uh, they worked on some projects together. And they found a way to make heavy water, and they put a certain amount of this, apparently, in this cell food. And what you do is when you, when you add it to your water and you drink it, it's supposed to have some benefits. And I don't know to what extent the, what the amount of heavy water is in there, but I heard that for the first time there. I think they were calling it deuterium. And then I saw that documentary about the Nazis were harvesting heavy water because they wanted to make an atomic weapon. Had they been successful, hmm. we would all be speaking German probably right now, wouldn't we? Yeah, I'm driving Volkswagens. Jeez. This is amazing. But God, God created the heavy water, so... The Lord was showing you that we had an, um, a water canopy. Yeah. The pressure was greater, and it involved the heavy water. Am I understanding this so far? Yeah. So it made a lens, and we could see the story of creation through the through space, through the universe, because it was magnified to us even better than the Halley telescope. Anyone wants to Google those pictures. So, um, uh we could also run, have all the energy. We didn't get tired and live like a thousand years. 
so uh, then we find from other similar experiments after the flood. And the interesting thing is, you know that big dinosaur, you know, with the long neck, you know, yeah. we see? Um, yeah. It's apparently it's its throat is the same as the size as a horse. And um, it's really impossible for it to live in the atmosphere we have now. But uh, thinking that it was more pressurised before, it would explain why it lived before the flood and died out after the flood. Like the brontosaurus with that long neck. Yeah, that one, Bront the bronte, like uh, Freddie Flintstone uses. Amazing. <laughs> so uh, under a normal atmosphere we have today, it could not have held it that neck have. up, would it? No. Interesting. And, and you know... Romans chapter 1, it's very interesting when it talks about that nature shows us about God. Now, if, if you really think about it logically, if, if, if God wanted man to know him, wouldn't he have made the whole of creation to point to him? Sure. That's reasonable. Yeah. Reasonable. So so if we now, you know, now I look at everything, what what is it? I'm asking it the question, what's your message? Like, hello, Mr. Tree, what's your message? <laughs> you know, like, what's going on? What What's God trying to show us? Because um, wouldn't it be reasonable to say that the meaning of life is that we know God? Yes, absolutely. He would want us to know him. Yeah. So um, uh, after the, uh, after the uh, uh, flood... We've now got an expanded Earth. We're, we're not living as long, and and the plants are not as good. I, I think because of the pressure and also the protection from the nuclear radiation, that the food was better. Uh, I bet you the food tasted awesome. And uh, we have a bit of a, a sign. Uh, yeah, we have some lingering clues of that, don't we, in the scripture? How big were those grapes they found? You know. Absolutely. You know, I have an uncle in Atlanta, and he works down at a, um, a clinic, and he runs a hyperbaric machine for burn victims. Oh, cool. And uh, cool. I, I said, Uncle Mike, you mean like those machines that if you had a cut, you lay in them for a few hours, and you have rapid healing? And he says, exactly. It puts you hmm. under uh, atmosphere pressure, doesn't it? It pressurizes yeah, so it. It multiplies the pressure. And it's very interesting. You know, so I was thinking about making a hospital under the sea, you know, and um, just uh, people who are crook, you know, come down there for a little while, you might get better. I mean, but, it's um, like rapid, speedy healing. That's why they put you into yeah. it. So the thought is, what if the whole earth was like that before? Um, it'd be fast healing? Wouldn't things grow bigger? Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't we live longer? Wouldn't we live longer? Everything is, would benefit from that pressure, wouldn't it? And more water. Yeah, and this is this is why the food changed after the flood. We needed a protein then. Uh, we didn't need it before, I believe. But um, guess what else God showed me about the energy, Shannon? That was the exciting bit. Folks, um, you've heard we, of the term it, free I, energy over the years. You're about to hear the testimony of a man hmm. who went looking for free energy and he hmm. found it. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, well, it was an interesting scenario. Uh, we, we made a machine. Uh, I had a backer who paid me, and then um, he sold shares in it for $2.5 and run away and <laughs> got me out of it. Whoa. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm over this. But, Dude, um, I, I will what, give testimony <laughs> that I remember 
when Peter was working on this project. He told me some of it, and I didn't open my mouth. And he was working on a free energy device. Hmm. Peter, how did you come across this research, and what did it actually entail, what you're able to, to share tonight? Tell okay. us. Okay. I, I can share it because it's, it, it oh, with the view of um, encouraging to uh, look up to the one who loves us, and he will show you things for your life that's exciting. You know, would, would that help? So um, I discovered this, and I asked him, and I, and I said, okay, okay, and, and he showed he showed me that the oil and the coal is black. It burns black and pollutes because it was never the never the the, the created energy idea that God had for man. How about that? Because it came out of the judgment. Whoa! So I went, what? So I go, okay. Um, what's the real energy then? <laughs> hey, logical question, eh? Yeah. And, and you know what he said? Tell me. Come back next week, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, man. You gave me a potato chip and stole the bag. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. You know what he said? What did he say? How do I run, how do I run my universe? So he the did. answer is looking in the creation again. God doesn't burn fossil fuel, so, does um, he? Or burn oil. Um, he doesn't use what we use. Is that what I'm hearing? Petrol. Yeah, where's the petrol that runs the planet? Right. Makes it, you know. So I, I, I looked at the solar system, and I found out later that, that the natural will show you everything, even the power of God. And that's Romans 1. We, we could read it just a second, because you can think about it as we talk about this. This in verse 19. Because that which may be manifested or manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Clearly seen. Wow. Being understood. So that they are without excuse. <laughs> How powerful is that scripture? So um, uh, he tells me to look at the look at the, the solar system. So, oh. Peter, I apologize. Yeah. I want you to hold that thought. I'm having serious trouble with my internet yeah. here. I need to switch and try this other okay. connection again because you're breaking up. It's not your fault. It's it's coming from my end. Hold on a minute. Okay. Okay. Cheers. Everybody, stand by a second. I apologize. I've got the bang of a hammer in the background and internet speeding up and slowing down. Hold on. We're going to try to get him back on right now. Stand by. Brother Peter, welcome back. Okay, yes, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, to save bandwidth, I turn video off and maybe that will help my situation. Um, Okay. Yeah, we don't need it for this. How's my audio coming through now? Oh, good. Okay. Oh, good. So, God showed you that uh, when we burn petrol, gasoline, mm. that gives off mm. smoke, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's black, isn't it? The oil is black. 
And that doesn't sound like so, something God would want um, to do, does it? He would want to keep his atmosphere pristine. Yeah, yeah he made it. And, and why would he make something that does pollution? I'm not against gasoline, so, mind, mind you, but you're right. I never thought about it in that aspect. That wasn't God's way. He had another way, another we, way of generating energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so show me. Um uh, I had a look at the I had a look at the solar system, and one of the gifts I've been given is I can do like uh, industrial design. So um, I, I found this uh, program uh, for students called Working Model, and it simulates gravity. And I realised the solar system's working with gravity, and um, and then uh, I don't know what gravity is actually, but anyway, we uh, I, I know now I think what it is, but. Um, uh, I got the uh, program and it was 2D and I plugged in planets and their size and their approximate uh, scale weight um, and hooked them together with little uh, cords, pinned the sun with a central point and um, hit the button and simulated uh, gravity. And guess what happened? It, it spun. I went, whoa, wow. Um, yeah, no friction on it, really. It spun on its own and kept going. So um, then I developed a pendulum, uh, a pendulum uh, wheel, and uh, got it to spin even with friction uh, uh, without dropping under gravity. How about that? And <laughs> uh, this investor come along, and we made some. We made some big ones and uh, other ones, and uh, you know, it just took some developing, and uh, eventually sold some off to investors and ran away with money. And since then, they've um, they've progressed to some electronic devices. I want you to hold that thought which, again, uh, Peter. I apologize, my audio is sucking. This is too important okay. to lose. Let's try my other connection again, folks. I apologize. I'm having real trouble over here. I want to get this yeah. information out to you. Let me try my other connection. Hold on. Let's go over to um, the other connection. Boy, this is bumming me out. I just plead the blood of Jesus over this connection tonight. I'm on I'm on an island. What can you do? We're doing the best we can. Brother Peter, welcome. How's that? No video. That's good. Welcome back. I apologize to everybody. Peter, we got to back this up here. Um, you begin to look at the yeah, issue definitely. of how does God, what, how does He generate yeah. energy? It's not by burning gasoline, which we do today, and it mm -hmm. drives our cars, because that would give off smoke, mm -hmm. and that's using something that was created from the flood, right? Coal? Hmm. Hmm. That wasn't God's original what, model. When he uses energy, yeah. So what he showed me is, is that if you do a, uh, if you change the, um, if you change the fulcrum length, fulcrum meaning the, you know, the pivot point length on a, on a, on something swinging, uh, you know, you can take a bull whip, right? Right. You've got a large arc. And then you, then you whip it, and it's a small arc happens right at the tip. 
and you can break the speed of sound. So you can actually um, you can um, whiplash if you like, and he's running the running the solar system on elliptical orbits that are actually whiplashing, and uh, that's where they're getting their power from. How about that, dude? Uh, what I'm all I know is I need to hook you up with Dr. Jeffrey Goodman. You would blow his mind tonight <laughs> because uh, I've never heard this before, and this making sense to me. Oh, uh, you don't hear this, though. So, right? How did you? So, so how did yeah, you take that ahead. and start about building a machine to replicate it? Well, what I did is I put a uh, got a flywheel to to store the energy, a little flywheel, and I made an offset pivot point, and um, I made the made the pivot swing backwards and forwards and depending on its position on the flywheel the, the pivot was longer or shorter and it whiplashed and flicked uh, flicked energy and kept itself going so basically uh, it's a bit like the pendulum on a clock but not a, uh, one with an eccentric pivot point and that's the patent we got <laughs> did you have to um you had to start by inputting some energy and did you have yeah, to you just input just more along the way just swing it once and off it went how long, would, how long would that last before you had to uh, wind it up again? It never stopped. Never stopped. Once you put it in motion, so, it kept on going? It was a perpetual machine? Yeah. Yeah. Kept on going. Like it, it's not, um, um, it's running off energy that's already there, the gravity. So, um, whoa. Uh, I, yeah. So, uh, uh, nothing runs for nothing. Everything runs off God's power. But uh, it's a matter of how do you how do you capture that power? So God showed me that you know in the natural we hook things with a hook. Right. So by changing the by changing the pivot length, we can create elliptical. An elliptic's like two hooks back to front, making elliptical. You're hooking the energy and swinging it. So um, that's what that's what we made. We can make devices that just keep going. <laughs> how about that? How about fun? Dude, that? so you tried it with a small device. It worked and. Uh yeah. How, and how were yeah. you able to – what did that actually produce? Was it producing um, – storing electricity? Um, yeah, yeah, it was producing, but it's um, – uh, you need uh, – you know how big the universe is. Uh, so so it works on a, on a huge scale better than a small scale. And uh, you need some really big scales to make it even look like it was viable. But since then, um, we – since then, we discovered the electronic version of it, and um, uh, the guy gave me an understanding on magnets, uh, electric coils, power, how all that runs, and uh, we did produce a device uh, that was tested at the university uh, with eight times out from one time in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they ripped that off too. But anyway, that's okay. Okay, so you made a smaller machine to test it. Did you build something bigger? Yeah. We built a big one, yeah, and um, I, I never really got it to work. It, it, uh, 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 just the, the practical uh, engineering was a little bit, little bit beyond me. But it, but you tested the theory and it worked on the small level, so surely it could be replicated. Mm. Well, um, can be, can be. What? But, but, but you know, um, uh, this, this is the point. God will show us things. Yes. That's the, that's, that's maybe, you know, maybe he'll show us things, you know, maybe, maybe if we just ask him for all our problems, he might show us. 
that's the point. Brother, I really believe that um, it's just like you said. Because of the atmospheric pressure, the water canopy, hmm. that it was much different in Noah's hmm. time. I was sitting on a plane one time. I was flying back to Panama, where I lived, from the States. And I was uh, sitting next to a, a Jewish man. And I said, what are you doing going to Panama? And he said, oh, I've got a meeting over there. And, you know, he was Jewish, and I wanted to pick his brain. I was just curious about his take. And we got on the subject of Genesis somehow. And he, he said something strange to me. He says, what if Noah was a giant and we are, we are the midgets? I got to thinking about it. Yeah, it could have been. What, what would he, I think he was trying to tell me is, uh, what if people were much bigger then? Not only people, but mm. animals. Everything was mm. bigger because of the atmosphere was different. Mm. And I believe yeah. it's when the, um, the flood happened, as you mentioned, that everything changed. And mm. we got the, the planet, which they called, you know, the, the, the landmass, Pangaea, that broke apart. In the Word of God, it says in the days of Peleg, when the mm. earth broke apart, it talks about it. It fits back like a puzzle. Sure it does. Anybody can see that. But it was once mm. one landmass. And mm. people it got smaller. People got separated when it broke apart. Yeah. So, some people got trapped over here in North America. Others in Asia. And yeah, we all come from a common race, Adam and Eve. But people got trapped. Mm. Animals got trapped. Mm. Um, with, the, you know, with, the, with the flood. You know, you got mm. these um, woolly mammoths that they're digging up, totally preserved in the tundra, and they've got food in their stomachs that they were eating. That's tropical food in a place where you don't see that kind of food. Everything got turned upside down, didn't it? It did, and 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 um, then we have the then we have the clouds and the atmosphere, and you can't see what you used to see before. So it might have been a big shock for Noah. When he got out of the boat, and then he didn't see the universe anymore, it's like more away, further away from mankind now, the closeness to God had left, you know, after the flood. And um, that, that would have been a big shock for them, I believe. There's so, even uh, a, um, a TEDx talk. I'm going to try to dig it up. But the new theory that's being promoted is that T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex, was nothing but a chicken. A huge chicken. Grew for a thousand years. Imagine what a chicken it would be like if it grew a thousand years or and 500 years. Apparently. <laughs> um, Don't get in the way of that chicken. <laughs> they, they, someone has said that chickens uh, at one time had a tail. You, you know, T-Rex has the big tail, right? Yeah. You know, mm. it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting talk, a 10 minute talk on TEDx. I was thinking T-Rex okay. was a chicken. <laughs> you know what? Kentucky Fried T-Rex. There was that? a guy named um, Ron Wyatt. You all yeah, may yeah, remember yeah. him. You know, he uh, he went and found the original location of oh, Mount okay. Sinai, Jabal al Real amazing yeah. story. I never got to meet him, but when I went to Israel back in 2006, I went over to the garden tomb, and I saw this big pit over there on the property that uh, that uh, that. A foundation owns, and um, it had sandbags in the hole. 
and there was some wood around it so you wouldn't fall in, like a barrier. And I was talking to one of the curators there, and I said, what's that? And he said, that's where Ron White was over there digging some years ago. We're getting uh-huh. ready to seal this up. And um, he told me that they were doing you know, m- more digs, looking for some more things. And the guy didn't particularly agree with Ron White's research. That's okay, because I know that Ron White was a man of God, and uh, I do believe he found Mount Sinai. Others went over there and rediscovered it later. No question about that. Mm. You know, he found uh, he found other things as well. Uh, but it was him on a talk some years ago. Someone gave me a DVD. And uh, he said uh, many of the dinosaurs were nothing more than larger versions of what we got today. He said, uh, you know, he believed that some of them were actually, for example, giant kangaroos. Now, he thought the mm-hmm. T-Rex was a kangaroo, right. just a larger version that of it. That could be possible. You know, and looks yeah. just like one. Yeah. That could be possible. Could things have grown to gigantic sizes back then? Okay. Because yeah, of they the, could, because of the air pressure, probably. The know? air pressure, right? So when, when that's gone, it They're is gone. interesting it, that yeah. uh, our lifespan went from like uh, – you know, Methuselah 969 to, you know, man will live 70 years, 80 years, but, you know, 120 mm, tops. 120. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why'd that happen? And it had to have natural causes. So, you know, what's the point of talking about all this? Um, I, I think that, to me, the root point is our creator, we want to believe there's a creator. Um loves us, proven by he sent his only son, we want to take the account, and he's made us to know him. Wouldn't, you know, Shannon, I was walking in the, I don't know if I said it before, I was walking in the supermarket a couple, few weeks ago, and um, the mamel, and I'm just like waiting for the others and I'm not doing anything, and I'm looking at the people walk past, just looking, and um Nothing on my mind. And then I get, these are the objects of my love, right from the same place the fish message came. And wouldn't you think the one who made the objects of his love, who wants to love us, would would have created us so we could, we can? You know, that'd be logical, wouldn't it? So wouldn't you think he... Wouldn't you think he, he loves us and, and would want to share his creation with us and show us things? And and that, then I realised we've been given everything. It's like, wouldn't it be a good description that the world is a sandpit <laughs> and we get to play and, and, and we get a play suit, like a meat suit. It's made of meat and it's a machine and it, it can make more and we can even experience being a children in our own image. Uh, you know, someone was asking me, you know, do you, could you explain the meaning of marriage, why we have marriage? And um, why, did, why did Adam, why was Adam made and then God said it wasn't good, he was on his own? Did God make a mistake? Um, if we know about God and look at the universe, I, I don't think so. Um, maybe uh, God wanted to give Adam a message. Hey, 
I don't want to be alone. Maybe it wasn't good for God to be on his own. And and God chose Adam all the uh, animals. Or God's looking at all his creation and, and because he's um, – He's he's a higher one than all his creation. It's it's not good enough. He, he doesn't have an object of his love anywhere in, in all the animals. So so could it be that um, God God makes Eve out of Adam's side to to show Adam there's no Bible then to show Adam a message that Adam could live the gospel. So so could marriage be the gospel that we get to live so we can know about God more by really riding a bike like feel feeling it living it hey we all get a chance to know why gods want to love us um, why uh, what he's doing so, so could Eve be a type and shadow of the church and God's showing Adam oh um, I'm gonna make a church to love the objects of my love I'm, I'm gonna make my wife to love out of myself now Adam look I'm making your wife out of yourself could it be if we if we if we if it dawned on us that we're made to live so that we can know God? Could, could it be a thought that when we experience a negative like rejection, that we know God because He was rejected? We know how we we know how much He loves us because we feel the pain that He felt when He was rejected on the cross. So so could we turn everything in life into a positive? It's all things to think about, eh? Um, so uh, <laughs> these are things that these are things that we can ask. Um, oh God, what is this? So, so what? What's the point of talking today? Maybe it's to it's to go. Could we read the Bible and just ask why, or or could we look at nature and just ask why, trusting that the one that made it. Is giving us a message in everything that's made, and could that help us? You know, to to get some peace. Could it be the one that made us has just given us this planet to play in, like a sandpit, and and for us to share everything and and um, just all these arsoners to get along, like <laughs> shattered. You know, preaching the gospel this way is a great way. Could it, could it be that we could be preaching this way more, not uh, preaching by asking questions about things more than telling people something or trying to know something? Uh, I, I, uh, I was going to talk one day about adventure evangelism because I'm still, um, still meeting my target of usually one person a day gets, gets the message about Jesus and um, – I do ambush evangelism. <laughs> what is ambush and, uh, evangelism? How, give me a, uh, an example. Okay. Um, yeah. Everyone goes one way of doing it. Now the person behind the counter, they're at work, right? So, so, so they've got to be nice to you while you got the the money in your hand, right? <laughs> so, right. so you can ambush them right there. Um, I, I'll go to the, uh, the checkout and uh, the lady will say, how are you today? And um, I might go, oh, man, I'm terrific. Oh, you got a rewards card? Uh, no, but uh, I already, I don't like those, uh, but I already got all my rewards. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus gave me all my rewards. I got them already. And um, you know about him? And and while I'm saying that, I got the money right in my head. Uh, I, I just found out a new way to do it for the Muslims. You want to know? How? What's the best way? Okay. Uh, you you guys have um, you guys have uh, kebabs over there. You know the the Turkish kebab thing where they cut the meat off and shish kebab, right? Yeah. You know the you know those shops. They they're usually run by the Muslims, and um, all the meat there's halal, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> I go up and I order one. Oh yeah, give me one of them with a with a lot, and um, then I go. Um, I wait, and then I say with a loud voice, "Is this meat hell hell?" And uh, they go, "Yeah," and I go, "Oh great, thanks for telling me that. Um, I'll I'll have to break the curse off it. Um, you know, um, uh, I believe that the the Bible says not to eat food sacrificed to idols. So I I, I don't want to get a demon or get in problems." So, uh, thanks. <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> they look at me. And, and, and then I go, uh, I thought about this one. And then, and then I go, is all the meat halal or where's the Christian one? And uh, then they look stupid because they're, they look bigoted because they've just got it to serve the, the Muslims. So I did it yesterday and um, – <laughs> and. <laughs> This guy, Muslim guy, standing next to me, and he's going, "Yo, oh, you, you don't understand. It's all halal, and uh, it's for Muslims and Jews." So I used the questions. I, I said to him, um, "How can there be such a thing as a Muslim and a Jew?" And he looked at me, and, and I said, "Aren't we all related to Adam? And we're brothers." And uh, he said, "Oh man, you got a point." So, so could it be that we're claiming own ownership of, of a position and saying we are that? How can we be anything else except what the Creator's made us? Who, who are we to put labels, Christian? Uh, you know, even the, even ourselves, we say we're a Christian. Yeah, but what are we? Are we just what God made us? You know, did Jesus say he was a Christian? That was a label given by the world, I believe. But, but, but we're we're, we're in a family. We're from the family of Jesus. Wouldn't that be more accurate? So that, but 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 even the family of Jesus is related to Adam, because you know it's coming down through Abraham, part of him, half half God, half man type thing. So, so could we could we not be at war? Could we have peace? And and then we can then we can don't need to fight. If there is no Muslim, who's going to fight them? <laughs> It's just a point. So, so we can do adventure evangelism. Uh, you can shop every day or something. Someone will say, "How you going?" You say, "Oh, I'm going good." You know, I was thinking about Jesus. Do you know him? I, I was at a coffee shop and um, I walk up to the coffee shop and say, uh, "Oh, I'll make it easy. Uh, three flat whites, thanks." And then she said, um, "How big a cup do you want?" And because uh, I'm always looking for a chance, you know, and I said, oh, now uh, we'll make it hard. Three big ones. <laughs> and she laughed. And then I said to her, somebody said, uh, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. Uh, you know who said that? There goes the question again. And she said, no. 
So I, I, I didn't worry. I, I let her do the coffees, and, and when she delivered the coffee and everything, and now I give the money, I got the money in my hand. Because while you, while you got the money in your hand, they got to stand there, haven't they? Right. <laughs> They're stuck. They're stuck. And they've got to be nice because the boss won't be looking. They'll not sit the customers. <laughs> so I, I said to you, would you like to know? Would you like to know who said my burden's easy, my, my yoga's light? And she said, yeah. And I just said, Jesus. I just said, Jesus. And it like hit her, like boom. And she went, oh. <laughs> and I said, there, there's the buddy, love. Have a good day. So we can plant this way, you know. So if yeah. we all did that one day, if every Christian in the world did that, the whole world would be evangelized sooner or later. <laughs> Dude, that's true. What is it that you tell the Muslims that are wearing the burqas? Oh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things you can do. I've thought of a new one too, but I haven't tried it out yet. <laughs> um, we, we can ask God for the funny things to say, you know, the things to say that will have an impact. But sometimes I go to him, you know, you have to watch out if the guy's around because they don't like you talking to the ladies. But um, if he's not around, I, I, I say to him, oh, um, oh, bless you, bless you, sister. I see you're a good Catholic. And, uh, <laughs> 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 and, and I go, hey, I'm not a Catholic. Oh. Oh, didn't you know the Catholics invented the Muslims and they got you to dress like a nun? I didn't know. Didn't you know that? And they look. <laughs> so you, you can, oh, don't don't believe, uh, do you believe everything your parents told you? Did you find out on YouTube? Go have a look, you know, where the Catholics invented Islam and uh, they got you dressed up like a nun. Even Whoa. Jesus in the Quran, you know. Whoa, man. I was in Malaysia just maybe a few weeks ago, got into an elevator. Mm -hmm. Someone in a full black burqa. I'd see them all around. And you know, no. I mean, you look at them, that's the way the nuns dress. Yeah. So and you can you can play dumb and pretend they're a nun. Because, you know, how do you know? They might be a nun. Very true. Very true. What else have you come up with? All right. I, I was going to ask him. Um, excuse me, um, that's a very nice burqa you got on. Like, I, I said that to the kebab lady, you know, oh, that's a really nice scarf you got on there. And she smiled, you know, because I think she was an Australian lady. Now they're talking them into working there and making them wear the burqas, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I said, oh, that's that's a really nice one. And, and she said, yeah. And I'm going to – I thought about it, and I'm going to, like, expand on it and say, um, would it be all right if I could buy that? And then they're going to look at me. And, <laughs> and then I'm going to say, because um, uh, do you think it makes you more holy? And um, could I be more holy if I bought it from you? And I know I'm a guy, but I'd only wear it in bed. Would that be all right? <laughs> <laughs> might stop me having nightmares. Um, think Ella, Ella might love me because I wore the burqa. Um, I don't know. Um, it might lose effect because my dog sleeps with me, but would that matter? <laughs> what's the point to get them to think? What's what am I wearing this for? Yeah, that's the point. You know, does it 
they're going to think, does it make me holy? And, 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 and then you can go like, like I asked a nun and, and she wouldn't sell it to me. And, um, I thought you might be kind. You look like you've got a nice face. You'd sell it to me, but I've only got little faith. Will the dollar be enough? Me face more, but would it help me? <laughs> oh, I tell you that some some uh, Muslims want to open up and talk to you. They're interested to listen yeah, to. Because they are, and you know they're they're people. I was on a plane if they, coming back from Malaysia, and they seated me right next to a Muslim girl wearing the hijab. And she was part of a group of friends that was coming over to Bali from Malaysia uh-huh. for a bachelorette party. And she said, nice. you see those over there? Those are all my friends. And they had e-jobs on. One of them had a special oh. e-job that was going to get married. It's like a white veil. And oh, no, what are you all doing? We're coming over here for a bachelor party. And I began to talk to her, found out she wasn't married. Neither were her friends. They were all in their 30s. They wanted to get married. And then I got on the subject. May I ask you a question? Is it true that you can have multiple husbands? And she kind of smiled at me and she says, yes. Uh, I mean, excuse me, a man can have multiple wives. Pardon me. Yes, but only four. Or only four. A man can have four wives. That was pretty amazing. I was sitting there talking. I didn't have, uh, I didn't even think about um, the questions you're asking today. And, or how, how to even, you know, how to even get in there and, um, and witness. I said, could a Muslim marry a Christian? And she said, well, that would require us to renounce Allah, and that's forbidden. We can't do that. It was just interesting, though. My, nothing spectacular about her answers, but what was interesting was that she opened up and had a good personality and was willing to talk to me about it, candidly. Yeah, so why, why should we be, be scared uh, to talk to them? And, 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 you know, I was thinking, if you get in trouble with the Muslims, right, say they want to come and get you, you know, why, why would you want to claim you're a Christian? Jesus didn't. That was something the world called us. So, so you know what I thought I'd say if they're going to attack me? Tell me. Don't say you would, but ask the question. Hey, can we all start praising Muhammad now? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, would it be good we all praised Allah? Like you're not saying you're praising Allah. You're just asking, it, would it be good? And how are they going to bash you when you're asking those sort of questions? What What about if uh, What about if I was a um, What about if I was to praise Muhammad? He's dead anyway. But don't praise him. But I mean, it's like if you want to. But um, how do you know? How do you know that uh, Allah's not going to save me in the future? Could you lose a few virgins over this? All sorts of questions. And it gets them to think yeah. about, you know, it gets them to challenge their long-standing beliefs. Yeah, think about the questions you can ask them. Like I was going to ask these ladies. Um, <laughs> You know, I was thinking um, if I was a Muslim lady and, um, you know, uh, I hadn't found a husband yet and I died, could I end up one of the 72 virgins? And, and, and would that be fun, if, especially if it was an old, hairy old guy? Would, would, you know, some dude with no teeth, bad breath, and, you know, smelly old dude. 
Would that be heaven for me? Would that be heaven? Could that happen? Yeah. These, these are some good questions to ask. <laughs> Our, hey, Barry's just thought. I like it. Girl, you know? Tell the story about the um, the two people that you encountered that had the tattoos. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm at the hardware store on a long queue, nothing to do. And um, <laughs> uh, the people in front of me, uh, the guy's got his shirt half off and he's got got this great big tattoo of it angel or something on his back and um i tap him on the shoulder for something to do and ask him you know how much that cost because you know you have to i try and think of practical questions that are not you know reasonable to ask they're reasonable so um he goes oh nothing because the, the my girlfriend next to me and she had tattoos all over her is a tattoo artist and <laughs> so i said oh did you realize that uh, you could have got something else you know for the tattoo too and he said, what? And, and I said, I, I believe you might have got a demon with the tattoo. And with that, they both held their bellies. <laughs> and it uh, didn't take much word of knowledge or anything. You know, Jesus worked on perception, right, as well. It says he perceived. So uh, so anyway, that's the Fijian in the background. And, you know, hey. these, these are people. Yeah. They're going into yeah. eternity. Folks. Yeah. We can so just... they both hold their belly, you know. They both hold their belly, and uh, and I said, "Ah, oh, would that be the demon running around your belly right now?" Because we're mentioning him. <laughs> and the guy says to me, "Well, yeah, shut up." <laughs> and uh, I said, "Oh, you know, well, we do exorcisms, and I know that uh, sometimes you can get a demon if you're uh, getting a tattoo because it's a blood cut." You know what? So, we can uh, just walk walk past people in life and not say anything. Mind your own business, and yeah. they can end up in hell. When what if God? Yeah, be, what, what, what if we want to be like Cain and say, "Am I my brother's keeper?" That was his attitude, wasn't it? Yeah. Who gives a stuff about me, brother? That's the attitude of many Americans. Hey, you don't. Hey, you, Shannon. You want you want to know something? I just found out. I just remembered. Tell me. You know, uh, Mr. George Soros, his name, George Soros, you know yes. that guy? Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. You, you know, his last name means like Soros. It sounds like Soros, right? Yeah. So so I decided to look his name up, George, what that means. Oh, my goodness. Guess what it means? What? Tiller of the soil. Whoa, really? Yeah. I won't so be naming a baby what, George. Killer of the so that's what, uh, soil. Tiller of the soil. Tiller of the soil. Same oh, name tiller. as Cain. Like like Cain was a tiller of the soil. Oh, wait a minute. Tiller of the soil. Whoa. Tiller, yeah. Tiller of the soil. Isn't it interesting <laughs> that he was hey? backing Hillary and her running mate Cain? Yeah, hey, how about that? Hey, birds of a feather, eh? Isn't that interesting? That's yeah. pretty amazing. And God named that. everyone. In Ephesians, it says God named everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tiller of the soil. So his name means tiller of the soil sorrows. Whoa. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Anyway, sorry. 
No, no. I listen. You're just blowing my mind tonight. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> we can be okay. like many Americans out there tuning in. You don't know who lives on your left or your right hand. You don't know your neighbors. Hmm. We go work nine to five. You come home. You drive to your driveway or into your garage. You get out of your car and you go inside and close the door. You don't come out to the next day and start it all over again. And you hmm. go through and you don't even know who lives next door. Let alone, hmm. do we interact with people that we're going to come in contact with every day? Just as you said. It takes when some boldness. When are you going to see them again? When, are you, did, when will you see that shopkeeper again? I never see them again. I was riding a bus one time, sitting next to um, a girl. And I looked over at her and I said, I could say something to her. But if I don't, this will probably be the last time I ever see that person. And, you know, that's true. It's a hard thought, I believe. Like, I, I go through that thought all the time. I can't stand it. I'm going to get off this bus, and I'll never see that person again in all likelihood. And I never have. You might see one person one time as you're passing through life. That mm. person could be on the way to hell. And it, what if yeah. God wanted you to go ask the question that Peter's asking tonight? And variations on that. Hey, yeah, you want to know the easiest one to do that everyone can do? Sure. So easy. I, I, I sort of fell across it, but it's, it's. I can give out, if everyone interested, in the one question you can ask, very easy to anyone, and, and what to leave them with if you'll never see them again, and it could save their soul. Whoa, what is it? You know, well... Hello, like you're talking to someone, right? I was just wondering, who would you say Jesus is? Didn't Jesus ask Peter that question? Hmm? And God gave Peter the answer. So wouldn't God give the person the answer? Yeah. Think about that. Hey? Eh? How hard is it to say that? I was just wondering, who would you say Jesus is? Now, who's going to get upset at you for that? You're not preaching at him. You're asking a question. I like your style. And, you ask a question. It provokes thought. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I, I realize, you know, from, um, from things I've been looking into that we can't prove anything. You know, if you have a think about it, the gospel's hearsay. Well, it's not firsthand. We were there. We just listened to people who were firsthand there, but it's really hearsay. So it requires belief to receive the offer. It's an offer. So if we say, you know, Jesus is Lord, can we prove it? Really? Can you prove anything, really? You know, um, I was thinking, like, eternity, what is it? Could it be the moment? Could we be in eternity now? We just live in a moment. Like the moment just passed, it's gone, and one in the future is not here yet. So a question's better because, see, the, if the person thinks about it and gets the answer that they believe, whose answer is it? Who owns that answer? Think about that. Could change right? the Wouldn't whole it? course of their life. Wouldn't it be they own the answer? 
wouldn't it be we just led them to think about it and then they believed and they own the answer? Would that be a better salvation? Hmm? Absolutely, so, because you want them to take a active part. Yeah, and, and when discovery. I read that passage, think about this. Jesus said he's going to build a church on what just happened with Peter. Could it be if we just went a little bit back in the scripture and said, Jesus asked a question, who do you say I am? Could it be Jesus is building a church on that being asked? Food for thought, eh? A lot of food for thought tonight. We're out of time. Now, because we're out of time. My internet but a- broke down, <laughs> but I want to have Peter back. Peter, finish what you were going to say, though. All right, now there's one thing else to leave them, okay? And, and, and this, is, this is not a question, but this is something that may save them by the statement of whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Don't forget that. Now, they could be dying and remember what you said and God can use it and bring it to their memory and they can call on the name of Jesus and be having a party with us for eternity. So I think they they are the two, that's the dynamics of being able to preach the gospel and have fun doing it, get a, get a result. Didn't the thief on the cross just say, Lord, remember me this day in paradise? Yeah, when you come in your kingdom. You know, he owned his, he owned his position and he just said, hey, I deserve to be here, but, you know, remember me. Don't forget me. He called on Jesus, didn't he? He called on Jesus. So I'd leave people with that. Hey, buddy, like, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, hey, remember this. If you remember one thing about my talk with you, call on the name of Jesus to be saved when you ever need to. Whoa. Now, you can say that to everyone you buy something from. <laughs> Try it. I'd like to hear people who tried it come back and say what happened. Like, and you, you're not saying join my church. Who cares? You're saying, who do you think Jesus is? And maybe they haven't dawned on them to think about it. We'd like to challenge you out there tonight, tuning in. Try it. And if you do, and you've got a testimony, we'll bring you back in next time, and you can tell us what happened on the program. Yeah, have fun. Hey, relax. Have fun. What do we have to Realize lose? Realize God's, God's written the law in their hearts. Have faith in God that he can save them. Brother, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think you've got more experiences that you're going to encounter and more testimony. <laughs> Peter, I'm sorry <laughs> that fun. We, uh, sorry it's out of time. we had some Pray trouble with my internet tonight. Uh, yeah. When can we get you back on the program again, my brother? It always goes too oh, fast when the- you come on. Yeah, yeah, anytime, anytime you want. Like Saturdays are a good day because I can just sit here and um, I haven't got to go and do stuff. What time is it right now in uh, Gold Coast? It's uh, 12, midday, 12 okay. midday here. You're plus 15 hours from East Coast. Um, let me tell you what I got. I've got I've got uh, Saturday the 26th or Saturday the 3rd. What would you prefer? Oh, well, we'll, we'll make it the third, Get you know, have a bit of a break. Let's do it. Third's good. How, uh, and, how uh, would... What, I, what I'm doing is I, I just think about things. Mm. And um, 
yeah, think about things and you know, trust God what to say. How would uh, Saturday the 3rd at um, 12 noon be for you? Would that be too late? No, that's fine. Okay, let's do it. I'm going to write you down. Saturday the 3rd at 12 noon. Peter, before we move on to the marathon, would you give out your mm-hmm. website and tell people how they can okay. contact you? You've got some great teaching online. Where do they find it? Um, it's on uh, his kingdoms table.com and you can find me on Facebook uh, Peter Whiffin W-H-I-F-F-I-N or Skype V-A-L-U triple seven Skype and names amplification bible dot com It's a few little things we do. There's been some people asking about that book. It's a Bible mm. that has been had the names amplified and tell you the meanings behind mm. the names that we overread. We've you know mm. we've read and we've passed by the the meaning. Um, you're working on printing that now, and I saw a prototype that you did. What's this process yeah. if someone wants to order a copy? What's available right now? Is it? Just let me know. It's gonna. Uh, we're gonna push the button on the printing in about a week. We're still, um, still just double checking, triple checking that the, all the text is correct, and uh, like I mean, all the all the verses are there and numbered correctly, and because it's had a lot of a lot of uh, work done on it, and um, uh, that's progressed along. Uh, just uh, finalising that, then we'll print, and it should be about I don't know four, five, six weeks away, and. Um, uh, it's not going to be expensive, just the price of normal, I think, normal Bibles. And um, we're getting a 1,000 <laughs> runoff. Fantastic. So to order it, they would uh, go through your website, names, name application yeah, just, Bible? Yeah, or just email me, peterwiffen at hotmail.com at the moment, or Facebook. And um, once we have it in hand, I'll, uh, I'll probably put it up properly as far as ordering and a button to pay and all that sort of stuff and mail off and all that. Fantastic. Do you also this, this have... Is, Go ahead. Huh? Oh, this, this come about, you know, at about that time I was asking about everything and um, I was asking about doing deliverance, why people weren't getting, some weren't getting what they wanted and um, with deliverance and I uh, started with the book of Joshua and I realized there that the names all meant something. And we're missing some of the message here. So there's a big color of revelation in the message with the name's Bible. I, I can't read another Bible now because I always wonder what the name means. That's why I looked up George, you know. Imagine that. His name matches. So uh, uh, I asked God, why did he give it to me? And he, he said, I give you my word. <laughs> and... Uh, he helped me through the whole thing. I was at a dilemma on some of the name meanings, and, and, he, and he said to me in the same place, like, um, whose project is, is it? Who's doing this project? And, and I said, see, God's asking me questions and uh, to get me to think. And um, I said, well, I'm doing it. He said, well, you call it how you see it. See? And he brought me peace, you know, because there's many – some of the names have got a few different meanings. So Amazing. this is what this is the encouragement, you know. And, and who am I? I'm just, you know, a brother, like everyone. Not saying anything about we're all special, you know. 
man man created equal or maybe maybe man's created unique and special i believe he's created created unique and special and yeah. wouldn't that be better a better description of us my grandmother told me one time in closing she said son you know it's possible for the lord to reveal to you hidden mysteries really grandmother she said but you've got to desire that and ask him or you can just go through life with a basic understanding and never know the deeper mysteries of God are you hungry was the question that she put forth and I I've thought about that and he's shown that to be true with you my brother as you hungered for the Lord and begin to ask him questions he he wants to open up to his creation and share it. Hey, he's excited yeah, to be able to tell. If you make yourself a nice car, you know, you polish it up and everything. Don't you show your friends? Absolutely. You don't want to hide Why it. Why wouldn't he want to show us? He wants to show us all what he done. If you know something or discover something, don't you want to tell people about it? Absolutely, you're excited. Of course. Yeah. God created everything. He wants to share it with his creation. Brother Peter, I yeah. love and appreciate you. And okay. Yes. We're going to see you back on <laughs> December third, my brother. Okay. Hey, praise the Lord, eh? Brother, (laughs) great great stuff. Praise the Lord. You've got me excited to ask some questions and get some answers. Let's have fun playing in the sandpit of the world. Amen to that. (laughs) Can I ask you one bonus question? I only got two minutes. One bonus question. Okay. When you were down spearfishing, what's it like to be under the water with live sharks? Oh, everything, uh, all the colors go nice. Like, your eyes open pretty wide. And all, all the colors go very nice. And uh, <laughs> how close did, uh, you, how you close know have, you're part of, the, part of the creation then. Ooh, how boy, close goodness. have you been close, how close have you been to a, a shark? Oh, pretty close, you know. Um, I don't know, spear gun length away. Whoa, what kind of sharks did you encounter? Oh, uh, just the reef sharks, thank God. You know, I'd like the... Three foot four, or maybe six foot ones. But down in the reef, and, could uh, you? Or do they have any bull sharks, or great whites, or makos, or tiger, anything like that? Yeah, you, um, those sort of sharks were around, like in Fiji. I think they have the tiger sharks and all that. You never know; one's coming over the horizon. So uh, <laughs> you, uh, you know, you get to experience the wild of nature. You know, so. Uh, yeah, that does something in your emotions. You can't hear down there, right? So you have to be looking. And what if you're looking mm-hmm. straight ahead? They could come from behind or on the side and eat you? Yeah, anytime. Uh, we jumped out at night one time. And um, they were going through the torchlight and my batteries went out. So here I am in the dark with the boat running around on the reef. Oh, geez, I'm never going to do that again. Whoa. So Amazing. That was a bit of fun. But I want to hear more about that. Maybe one day I'll be able to join you over in Fiji when you go over. <laughs> By the way, yeah. uh, check out a message. Tommy Karakalov want uh, Tommy Kamasi wants to talk to you about the okay. Fiji oh, people. Oh yeah, I saw. I talked to him. Okay, good deal. A little bit back with him. We'll talk to you soon, my brother. Okay. God bless you. Cheers and blessings. Everyone. Cheers. Okay. Goodbye, folks. Time flies with Peter Whiffen. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land.
Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.